first of all, hallelujah! It is, it's fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Bazarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. 15, 10, What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sundays for the Birds, a proud production of Old City Sports Network and the only show that makes every day feel like a Sunday. Be sure to check out this show, my articles, and tons of other great content for you on Old City Sports Network. Check out OldCitySports.com. As always, I am the mayor of John Street, joined by my two co-hosts, two of the best in the biz, one Jake Long and my boy Kyle Not So Sharp. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm ready to, you know, get into this, talk about uh unfortunately another Eagles loss and uh how they can make some corrections and win this game up this upcoming week. Yeah, that one definitely hurt. Uh, we'll definitely get into that in a bit here. But before we do, let me throw it over to my man, Jake Long. Jake, what's going on, brother? Not much. How are you guys doing? Um, another rough week in the pool business. I don't know how. Usually it's our slow time, but these indoor pools, I guess uh, it's time for everything in their uh, filter rooms to be replaced. So I've just been busting my ass this week. That's why we moved tonight's, uh, last night's show to tonight, Friday, because I was working a little late. So I'll right, you guys for moving it so all three of us can uh, talk shit on that ugly game last Sunday. And hopefully um, this Sunday my anxiety can be calmed with a win. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. Got to pay the bills, right? Yes, sir. Got to keep the lights on in my dream man cave that you have over there. No more punching shit down there, man. Come on, oh, take yeah. care. Of, take take care of my dream, will you? It's just just trash can. Sorry. Nah, I just I don't know. Dial it back a little bit. Let's keep ourselves in check. No bloody knuckles. No injuries. Um, speaking of injuries, the Jalen Hurts injury certainly hurt the Philadelphia Eagles for the second week in a row as they fall to the New Orleans Saints. Um, what some are calling a pathetic loss. Uh, what I am calling a piss-poor game plan and what I am calling piss-poor play at the quarterback position. And as we all know, piss-poor play at the quarterback position is already a recipe for disaster, let alone when you couple it with shitty game planning. You put the game in Gardner Minshew's hands. 
you didn't run the ball once again against what some would say is the shittiest run defense in the NFL, if not the shittiest, one of the worst. Um, and again, you try to outsmart yourselves. You think, oh, they're good at uh, pass protection. They're not expecting us to throw it. Let's throw it. No. You have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You have a solid running back in Miles Sanders, even though he's got butterfingers. Shout out Brucey from the longest yard eating popcorn. But just run the fucking ball, man. Run the ball. It's not that hard. It's a recipe for victory, especially with a backup quarterback in there. You put it in his hands. You can't expect your backup quarterback to drop back that much and win you the game. He's a backup for a reason. Um, but I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this and, and dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, but for right now, let's just get everybody's initial thoughts on the game. So, uh, Kyle, I'll start with you, brother. Yeah, so obviously Gardner Minshew didn't play great. Um, for us Minshew mania truthers, 0-2 uh, starts, you know, that, that's not good for him. But I, I think it's easy to blame the backup, but and you have game planner and all that, and he certainly didn't play good, but – I'd like to look at the rest of the team's performance as well, right? Um, the defense didn't play great in the first half. Um, it was actually Josiah Scott's interception at the end of the half that I really think was the turning point for the defense. But the O-line, we always talk about how good they were. They played absolutely terrible. Um, I know they had the one holding call that, you know, brought back a touchdown. That was a bullshit call. But majority of the game, they played terrible. There was multiple uh, – there's multiple times where they were in third and medium, third and short, and they got a couple penalties backed up in the third and long. You can't do that, um, especially with the backup quarterback, and especially when you're a top O line, right? Um, so that, that was a big thing. And, you know, I thought the receivers struggled to create separation a little bit. Um, first time really we've seen that all year. Marshawn Lattimore, you know, he's been off for eight weeks. He comes back and he's instantly a playmaker out there. I think, uh, you know, as great as A.J. Brown is, I think it's one of his poor performances of the game. I mean, I know he made that great play on the sideline, but, again, you, you got to make plays for your backup quarterback. you got to make their job easier. And I thought the Eagles playmakers have been great all year, and I thought this week they were kind of disappointing. I agree. You saw, you saw guys that have been shining bright, you know, big stars all year kind of look pedestrian out there. And – um you know, I kind of cut the offensive line a little bit of a break on some of the penalties. Um, the one, as you mentioned, was just a blatant fucking missed call. Yeah, or, I mean, that, that's whatever. I don't really care. That, that was, I mean, that's, that is a textbook fucking pancake block. I don't care where you're from. Um, and, and to call, to call a hold in that situation, um, that's just a textbook example of a ref not paying attention. And, you know, in the NFL, you kind of assume that nobody's really that much stronger than anybody else. So it's not often that you see somebody go to the ground like that. You see a lot of calls like this, um, but none that blatant. Right. I mean, it was it was textbook. You can hold the guy, you can grab him, but you can't get outside the chest. He was right where he needed to be. Textbook block, finished it to the ground. Um, piss poor call. But I do cut him a break on some of the others, uh, some of the false starts and things. Um, it is different. Um, if you if you pay attention, the cadence is very, very different with Gardner Minshew. And you know, when when you when you've been paying attention to a guy's cadence all year long, you've had Jalen Hurts under center the entire year. Odds are none of our offensive starters have taken that many reps with Gardner Minshew. So they're not used to that cadence. 
I'm not saying it's a I'm not saying that this excuses all of them, but it does make some sense that there'd be a little bit of a disconnect there, um, even after two weeks with Gardner Minshew under center, um, with the difference in the cadence. Um, I, I understand the cadence makes you know you know a difference, you know, different quarterback back there. So it can happen once or twice, but again, there there was multiple times where there was multiple penalties in a row. It's just way too many of them. You know, again, w- once or twice, I, I get it. It's whatever, but there's just way too many much of that going. <laughs> on. No, I agree, hundred um, percent. But before we get any deeper, let me throw it over to Jake. Jake, what's your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, it sucked. Ruined my Sunday. Um, ruined my New Year's. They ruined my Christmas. So um, I'm pretty pissed off at the birds right now. But um, mainly. This game's on coaching. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the the one thing I hate that the Eagles and a lot of NFL teams do is when they win the toss, they defer. Like, take the ball, get the momentum, go down and score, get your defense fired up, and get going. Instead, they defer. The Saints get the ball, just pound it down our throats all the way down the field and take an early lead. And then the offense doesn't get a first down until, what, 45 seconds left in the first half? Something like that. Right. And, and I think at that point you saw this team fall victim to something that um, we really hadn't seen in a while, um, which is, you know, when Nick Sirianni is coaching from behind early, um, him, Shane Steichen, and whoever's calling the plays, when this team is, is playing from behind, you tend to see an air raid offense or an attempt at air raid offense. Uh, which is, I, I feel, what we saw. Again, you didn't, you didn't really get – I think that's just what they do, though. They think that they can score anyone and get an early lead, and that's what they tried to do, or at least tried to tie the game. But they've always come out throwing the ball every week. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Sanders didn't touch the ball until six minutes left in the second quarter. I mean, th- 15 carries total, and that's including Garner Minshew's half-assed fucking – Stand straight up QB sneak, which was just fucking god awful. Yep. But um, it, it's all on the coaching staff. I mean, to, to still sit in zone and get picked apart by Andy Dalton and week after week Hill was pathetic. But I'm not. I can't blame the defense because they shut him down in the second half. Yeah. Every they time. Did, every did time you notice the difference in the second half? Yeah, they were playing more men. They were switching up coverages. Bingo. You heard the announcers continually pointed out that they're playing a lot more press, a lot more man-to-man. Um, if you read my article on the Old City Sports Network, on oldcitysports.com last week, you'd see that I called for that. I called for that to be the, this team's New Year's resolution, to play more man-to-man, to play more one-on-one, bump and run, press coverage. You have elite corners. You need to trust them, and you need to be able to take away some of the dink and dunk underneath shit that everybody seems to – be able to pull off against us and you know i don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here but if somehow we end up losing to tyrod taylor who i believe is actually a better quarterback than daniel jones um if we somehow end up losing to tyrod taylor and the gang of fucking misfits tomorrow and uh, i'm sorry on sunday and we end up in the five seed and we have to go down to tampa what is tom brady fucking perfect at what did he do last year in the playoffs against us he picked apart that soft bullshit fucking shell coverage and beat us by dinking and dunking all the way down the field, death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, so again, I will continue to call for this and until I get it, I will also continue to call for Jonathan Gannon's head. So J- Jake, not a, not a fan of deferring and then double dipping at halftime, huh? No, because you never know if it's going to, 
You don't always end the half with the ball or scoring. Yeah, I mean, you don't always. I'd rather that's, start that's the game and set the tone. Okay. No, that's, that's interesting. I mean, look, look what the Bengals did. I know that game got um, postponed. Um, you know, everyone knows what happened to Hamlin. I'm glad to hear all the updates. You know, he's FaceTiming his team, his family. Um, able to talk, which I was surprised to hear. But in that game, the Bengals, they said, you know, we want to toss. We're going to get the ball. And we're going to score. And what they do, go right down the field and score. Yep. The whole team hyped up, ready to go. And that's what Eagles should have done. So we should. Now, I so wonder if it plays into it. the ball or just, you know, are you talking? No, just picking and choosing when you want to do it. When you know, when, okay, I mean, okay. you, the defense came out and you could see they were flat right away. Flat, yeah, the offense came out and you see they were flat right away when they're down 7 nothing. You put that offense out in the field. They announced, you know, starting at quarterback, Gardner Minshew. The crowd still goes nuts for him, even though it's not hurts. They're going to support their guy. And it, maybe it gets, you know, the offense a little juiced up. Right down their throat, score a touchdown, take the lead. Who knows what the defense does? They get juiced up, get a couple sacks, bring it out. Boom, offense gets the ball again. Set the tone with your offense. They always want to get ahead, take the lead early, and then – you know, just pound the ball. Well, what's the best way to get ahead is starting with the ball. Fair enough. I agree um, to an to an extent. Um, you also have to consider that this team has showed over the last three weeks, um, two weeks prior to the Saints game, and an inability to start fast. showcase what has been an explosive offense for most of the season, right? Um, you saw it in the Bears game. The offense looked pretty inept until the second half. Um, you know, same thing against the Cowboys for the most part. Um, so in that situation, I, I kind of, I almost don't hate going to the defense in that situation. Your offense hasn't necessarily been there to pick you up, um, especially with the backup quarterback there. I mean, the offense picked us up against Dallas. The defense let us down. I'd like to think Miles Sanders let us down, but no, the defense also oh, let us down. Also, he's on the offense. So eleven right. is one. I agree. You can't give up 40 points and still win. I get that. Um, but turnovers definitely don't help, especially when you have a chance to drive down the field and, and score to win the game. But I digress. You know, Sean, you kind of touched on it. Earlier on in the year, they were really getting out ahead and scoring, and they were you know getting a lead. I, at one point, they led the league in second quarter scoring. And the last couple of weeks has almost been the reverse, where they just they struggle to start the games. Like yep. for a couple of weeks, I mean, you know, the Cowboys, they didn't start too hot. Uh, versus the Bears, and obviously again this week, um, we we touched on the play calling, right? Like Miles Sanders for his career has averaged five yards per carry. By the law of averages, if you give him the ball three times, he's going to get a first down. So like at some point when you're struggling, I'd like to just see three runs with Miles Sanders. He averaged to try to five yards a carry Sunday, and they just don't give him the ball. Twelve yeah. carries, sixty-one yards. And I'll tell you what was strange too: in the first series they came out with three straight passes, and then the second series they came out with three straight runs. Yeah, and it's almost like an overcorrection. Mind you, they don't run the ball with a quarterback who thrives off of play action passing. No one's going to respect the play action if you're not running the ball. And yep. secondly, they didn't slide any fucking help over to Driscoll the whole first half. They left him on the island by himself as a backup tackle. I don't know if they were like, uh, you know, we'll see how, how he does because uh, we're going to win this game anyway. I don't know if they were that arrogant. That's what it seemed like. Seemed like now, nah, even if we go down, you know, we'll come back and win no matter what. But they didn't start sliding him a lot of help. 
until the second half when he was getting beat. And he didn't play that bad of a game for a backup right. tackle. He's played better games a lot this year. I, I get maybe not for a backup. He didn't play bad, but he's played bad that game retrospect of what he's done for majority of the year. Yeah, and they had six sacks against us, but I would probably put half of those on Minshew. Just oh, not, easily. not getting rid of the ball or just backpedaling and patting the ball like he's fucking burping a baby. The, the big <laughs> thing is, and, and I heard Brian Baldinger mention this, um, he took four big shots early, right? Yep. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the best quarterback in the league. You take four shots early, that's in your head. That's in your fucking kitchen for the rest of the game. And it's certainly going to affect how you play moving forward. Um, you know, no different than in hockey when a guy's struggling to score. You know, you start gripping the stick a little tighter, trying to make things happen. All of a sudden, you're, you know, for lack of a better term, like Sam Darnold, you're seeing fucking ghosts out there. You're worried about getting that big hit, taking that big shot again. Yeah, I grip the stick a little harder, too, and I don't score. You know what I mean? You have to. Have to. That's a little. Uh, that's a little one on oh no back checkers, huh? There you go. A little hockey reference for you. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page with the Saints game. Just absolutely pathetic, both sides of the ball, really. Um. And and I'll be honest with you. Um. That opening drive by the Saints, and I know we already talked about it, but there's nothing more demoralizing than giving up a drive the very first series of the game that eats up the entire first quarter and then a little bit of the second quarter. I mean, you talk about some of the all-time great clock-chewing drives. That's got to be up there. I think the first drive was like nine minutes, nine and a half minutes. It wasn't the whole first quarter, but it was certainly – Pretty much. It felt like the first quarter. Yeah. Because then they got the ball back after we went three and out. After three passes, so I mean, your, your your point still stands. It's still deflating as anything. Yeah, it's demoralizing. Yeah, it's 100%. it's terrible. You cannot it, do that instantly. Me, me and my other buddies were texting. It's like it looks like the Washington game. And I mean, you look at the numbers: three point seven yards average. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's not that's crappy." Three and a half yards gets you a first down on three three uh, straight runs. So yeah. three point seven. They ran the ball thirty five times for one hundred twenty nine yards. And controlled the clock, kept a backup quarterback with a backup right tackle off the field with no momentum. And the only receiver out there looked like he was trying was Devontae Smith. Yep. I mean, A.J. Brown had that one big play, but other than that, he looked like he was disinterested in the game. And I don't care what anyone says. He looks Absolutely. like he was not ready to go. I don't know if he maybe he was out partying New Year's Eve. Not saying he was. I said maybe. You never know. People like to celebrate the holidays, so – but, you know, it's the Saints. It, it, everyone thought Marshawn Lattimore wasn't going to play. It was a game-time decision, and he did, and maybe that rattled him a little bit. But well, you know, I think, you're, I think you're seeing it across the offense, too. I think the entire offense looks a little bit different with Jalen Hurts out, not not just because of the drop-off at the quarterback position from a pure talent standpoint, but also from a leadership position. Right? It's it, I, I heard somebody on, on WIP the other day, a caller um, – bring reference to the substitute teacher, right? My, uh, my teacher's out. Here's the sub. Let's see what we can get away with. 
Nobody's here to hold me accountable. He's not going to oh, be here so tomorrow. You know what the difference is? Think, on the about, think about it. Jake that just mentioned that A.J. Brown looked disinterested, and I can't deny that. To a certain extent, he did. I mean, he's still a professional athlete. But at the end of the day, like, you can't tell me these guys don't take some plays off. I know they don't when Hurts is in, well, other than Jake, Quez Watkins because he's a fucking lazy route like runner. Play. I was going to say these aren't. Fucking teenage kids with a substitute teacher. These are grown ass men. Yeah. Look, I, I was, millions to be professional. They are, but you mentioned like AJ looked disinterested. Quez Watkins, his route running has always been kind of lazy, but have you noticed it's gotten just a little bit worse since Hertz hasn't been there? No, I think Hertz just doesn't throw him, the ball to him because he knows he's lazy, and that's why you don't notice it as much. Oh. Minshew doesn't know better. He's like, ah, oh, that, that's my second, third read. If first one and two aren't there, I got to throw up the three or my head's going to get taken off. And that, that's what happens. I mean, the Bears game hurts one interception. Lazy route by Quez Watkins. Yep. Didn't run his route completely. Didn't run at full speed. And look what happened. I think it's been happening all year long. I think Hurts just stopped trusting him after that, that Washington game. And I don't want, and I don't want to put this strictly on Minshew either. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of a lot of this goes to the ineptitude of the offensive play calling, um, and and you see that too, right? Like I mentioned, the 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 Bears game was pretty slow up until the second half. Um, you know, you talk about going into the playoffs here, and you know we're playing the Giants backups on Sunday, so you're you're projecting a, a first round bye, hopefully, as long as some other teams lose and everything goes your way. Um, but it's just, I, I got two things for y'all before we move on here. First off, I just want to, you know, say how incredibly terrible that substitute teacher analogy was. Nobody loves analogies more than me, buddy, but the, the substitute teacher thing, dude, the, the starting teacher, you can't tell me there's not a leadership drop off without hurts in the huddle. I'm not you saying can't tell me I'm, that. I'm not saying that, but Hertz is still on the sideline when the teacher's in the classroom. I mean, the the, the, the regular teacher's not there. I just that that analogy. He's in the sideline. He's not in the hub. Hertz is such a leader, though. He should be fucking yeah, pulling yeah, him over yeah, on the side by his face mask, saying, "Hey, no. get your fucking head out of your ass." And well, I mean, maybe, maybe he was. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to put this on Hertz, but r- real quickly before we move on, I, I do want to say, I think overall, I think this was their worst game of the year. Um, you, you, you have three losses, you know, I think in the Washington game, I just frankly think Washington played better. Um, that might not be, a yeah, the Washington game, game was fluky. Washington just played better. They came better prepared, whatever. Um, obviously, you know, Dallas game, they had the backups, you know, hung in there, whatever they hung in there. I think the Dallas game, they, a, lot of, they, a lot of short, well, just bounce the wrong whatever. way. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I think this was by and a far away their worst game of the year. And, this really isn't good that they're starting to almost, it feels like lose momentum a little bit before going into the playoffs. It's kind of the opposite of what you want where the Jaguars are hot, you know, you know, they're the new thing, you know, they got all the momentum. It kind of feels like the Eagles are fading a little bit. They're still the number one seed, you know, they still got a lot going for them, but it, it kind of feels like they're fading out a little bit down the stretch. Well, the other thing is here, you're starting to see another example of the Eagles playing down to their competition this year. Some of our worst games, even in some of the wins that we've had, have come against some pretty bad opponents. You know, like the Indianapolis game, Indy was in it for most of the game until, you know, late in the game when we pulled away with it. 
the Houston game wasn't all that great. The Bears game wasn't all that great. And then you lose to the Saints. I mean, you're really starting to see them play down to their competition, which is something that this Eagles team, quite frankly, has done since Nick Sirianni's been in town. At what point do you start thinking maybe that, excuse me, they're not playing down to their competition, but maybe they're not as good as their record shows? At what point do we start having that conversation? But you notice it, it's it's they're playing down to their competition against subpar teams. They got up for the Dallas game. Win or lose, they got up for it and yeah, they hung yeah, in there. I agree with that. You hung 50 on the Giants damn near. You know what I mean? Like they I don't got know if up I'm for the categorizing the Giants as a good team. I know they're in the I'm not playoffs. categorizing them as a good team either. But they're better they're better than the other teams. What's that? That's why I think it comes. I said they're they have nine wins in the NFL. That's a pretty good team. Oh, Jake showed a little respect to the Giants. Well, I'm just saying, everyone was ripping the Eagles in the beginning of the year. All oh, they haven't played anyone, and then you have teams losing to shitty teams. I mean, they're still professional teams. Yeah. And when you're okay. when you're a top dog, other teams get up to play you. You know, like, like look at college. You know, everyone wants. When I see Notre Dame on that schedule, no, they, no, 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 no his last year this year. The guy's going to be older than fucking Paterno by the time he leaves. Watch him get drafted. <laughs> Watch him get drafted. Call I fucked up, Fifth Go round pick. The fucking XFL. Eagles back in quarterback next year. Sean Clifford. Calm down. I don't think Sean Clifford belongs in the NFL. I don't either, but, I mean, shitty quarterbacks get drafted He's probably just going to be a coach like. with Penn State at this point. What's that? Graduate and just come back as a coaching intern. He could. You know the fucking playbook. I mean, he probably fucking is the playbook. He's I'm going a- XFL or Arena League MVP next year. Ooh. Got a nice ring to it. Is there even an Arena League and- anymore? Oh, yeah. Philadelphia Soul, baby. They haven't been around for like three years. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yeah, I swear to God, I used to love the Soul. I, those games were fun as shit to go to. Yeah, they haven't been around for like three years. Uh, okay. They left. Let's look it up. I right. promise you. Right. Kyle, you looked that up. In the meantime, uh, me and Jake will move on here. Um, that recap of the pathetic game of the Philadelphia Eagles against the New Orleans Saints was brought to you by our friends at Canadips. Jake sure is back. You let Canadips know that. Your friends here at Sundays for the Birds and Old City Sports Network sent you, get you some of the good stuff. I just got my shipment in today, just in time for the show. I got Lip Boomers on deck, bought me six rolls from our friends at Canada Dips. 10 milligrams of CBD per pouch, 15 pouches to a 10. I absolutely love these things. You get all the health benefits of CBD. And if you're somebody that used to dip, Still dip. You're looking for just something to put in your little something in the gums there. Little flavor. Canada dips got you covered. This is from the case collection. This is a rustic root beer flavor. 
Haven't tried them yet. I will be dipping some of these a little bit later tonight after I polish off this Knob Creek whiskey. Um, so don't forget to check out our friends at Canadips. Use our link down below in the description. Check out the promo code. Also save you a little bit of money on your CBD from Canadips. All right, let's move it along, boys. Let's start previewing here. We got the Philadelphia Eagles week 18 versus the New York Giants. Giants already solidified in their playoff spot. Seeding, not necessarily an issue. Um, they're locked in. I don't think they can go up or down. Word on the street is it's going to be a backup game for the Giants. They got nothing to play for. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Tyrod Taylor expected to, spar uh, to start for the Giants. Um, but again, as I mentioned earlier, I think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Um, roast me in the comments if you want to, but I'm uh, pretty confident in that one. Um, so I guess we'll just throw it around. Initial thoughts on the game here. Uh, Jake, I'll start it with you. Um, my initial thought is, I mean, I, as soon as the game was over Sunday, I was like, I can't wait till fucking next Sunday. Like, this is going to be a long-ass week waiting because three weeks ago, you know, we're um, – all the fucking idiots who I called out before and after Dallas game that said, oh, the Cowboys game doesn't mean anything. We'll just beat the Saints if we lose. And I was like, yeah, until you lose the Cowboys game and that doubt starts creeping in your mind and then the Saints come in here pissed off and kick you in the mouth and beat you and then it comes down to Giants game. And what the hell happened? It's really annoying. That being said, I mean, if – there, there's no way we should lose, but there should have been no way we lost to the Saints. I agree. Realistically, honestly, the one seed should have been locked up against Dallas two weeks ago, but I digress. Should have been, should have been and, now, and now you've let other teams like Dallas and days. like San Fran back in. And if we lose this game, we're not even sniffing the NFC Championship game. We'll be, lucky, we'll be lucky to get out of wild card round. I agree. That's you know the the at that point, the the scales of momentum will certainly be tipped in the other direction. No doubt about it. Um, Kyle, how about you? What's your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, I I got to echo what Jake said. This this game is, you know, it's not important and it's so important at the same time, right? Like you know they're in the playoffs regardless. They're playing backups. You know they should roll, but. If if they go into the playoffs losing three in a row, you know that, that that's never good. And like you said, you he would drop from the one seed to the five seed. You know you have a bye, and then you're playing on the road first round. Uh, you know big time implications. Um, at least one positive development: uh, Jalen Hurts should be back this week. Um, I seen he was a limited participant in practice all week. Um, I would guess he'd play. That should be good for the team. Um, but like, like I said, you just you can't you can't lose three in a row going into the playoffs. So, you know, all backups. I mean, I don't know who they're exactly going to be playing. I mean, like you said, they yeah, everyone blows anyway. Everyone but. keeps saying like all backups though, but these backups made the NFL. They're all in a fifty-three man roster. It's not like they're pulling their practice squad guys up and playing them. These are guys fighting for their career, fighting for a job next year, fighting for a contract. This right, is they're hungry. Chance. Yeah, this is their one chance. To put on film against the best team in the NFL right now. No, they I, certainly I have a puncher's chance. Oh, hungry. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but they're still backups for a reason. Yeah, right. Like the, the Eagles should still win. I get everything you're saying, 
but th- they should, right? And my on paper, absolutely. Is- but but I, I share the same concerns as Jake, right? Like that again, the scales of momentum are, are tipped drastically in the other direction. You've dropped two straight. You're coming off of you know two pretty bad offensive performances in the Bears game and obviously in the Saints game. And you know, like Jake mentioned, these guys are gonna be hungry. They I give the Giants backups a puncher's chance when you put all those factors in together. I agree with you also, Kyle. I think they should roll. There's no doubt in my mind that they should or that they will, but I don't want to look past this either. Um, especially when you consider just a few short weeks ago, we hung near 50 on this team and these same players that are going to be playing were on the sidelines for that game when we hung 50 on them. And I'm sure they're going to want to try and get their little piece of revenge, whatever that may be. Yeah, And my biggest fear is that either if it's hurts or Minshew, but mainly if it's hurts, they come out, the offense is just throwing, throwing the ball, trying to, get a big lead by halftime so they can get Hurts out of the game or so they can start resting guys and they just start pressing downfield, both in three and outs and turnovers. And that's what's really going to start start giving those backups even more motivation because they're like, shit, you know, we're in this game. We're still in it. If you go into halftime and it's close, you're screwed. And I think if they come out throwing the ball, trying to score big plays, trying to finish them early – that's when you lose because you're going to start pressing. And even if Minshew's in, that will really worry me if they come out throwing because then he's going to shit on my own too. I'm nervous. I'm pressing. I got to make everything perfect. I can really fuck it. So right. call me uh, negative or, or whatever you want. I'm just I'm just not fully confident that it's a definite win like everyone else was about the Saints and everything like that. This, this Giants game, still division rival. I'm sure Dayball's going to have those those backups fired up. But if we don't run the ball, then this coaching staff is just idiotic. I mean, you talk about worse rushing defense. These guys give up 144 rushing yards a game on the ground. Giants yep. defense, and that's their starters. So if you don't come out running the ball, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'd rather just ground and pound, win the game by fucking 10 points, not rest anybody, but we lock up the one seed. Because whether you like it or not, and I'll throw this up here now because we'll talk about it, because uh, start or sitting hurts. He's still questionable. I think he starts. Yeah, he has most you got to start him. Yeah, most of the first team reps. But you, you have to start him. It's a must win because what what do you think is the better chance? You think if Hurts plays this game, re-injures his shoulder, and we get the bye week and home field advantage. And Minshew has to play in the playoffs. I think we have a better chance of going to Super Bowl that way than Hurts playing or Minshew playing, losing the game, Ooh. and getting the fifth seed. And Hurts is still playing, playing three road games, and then just to get to the Super Bowl. And that and that kind of transitions into a point that I was getting ready to bring up. Um, if you're looking for a silver lining in all this, that it's going to come down to a Week 18 game to lock up that one seed. Um, it's going to be that your guys are going to be a little bit fresher, right? You always talk about um, rest versus rust mentality. If you win this game and you walk away with the one seed, you have an opportunity to get both, right? Um, particularly at the quarterback position. What worries me is Hertz doesn't play, right? And then all of a sudden your starting quarterback hasn't played in near four weeks. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So in a way, it's almost it's almost a blessing at the same time that it's coming down to this. Hertz is going to get some reps. He's going to get reacclimated. He's going to get back in there. And, you know, it's not going to be his first game back as his second playoff game in the NFL. You know, it's I, I'm expecting a bit of drop off from Jalen Hurts moving into the playoffs. It's just a bigger stage, and we haven't seen him on that stage to this point, right? I mean, he was obviously a, a quarterback in the wild card last year, but we're talking a straight advance to the divisional round if you walk away with a win in this game. That game and, was Dallas, and he was hurt. That was was that? His, Dallas game was supposed to be his big night to prove that he's the MVP, to prove that he can do it in this league, and unfortunately he was hurt. That yeah. was and, and at this point, I think he lost the MVP award. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mahomes is too dirty right now. Yeah. I mean, best quarterback in the league by far. No one's but close. again, if we're looking for silver linings here, Jake's playing to the Negadelphia side. I, I'll pump you guys up a bit. Um, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. The the last league MVP to win the Super Bowl was Kurt Warner. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about him winning MVP. I'm just saying. My measuring stick this year when we start to just run through everyone was like, all right, that Christmas Eve game against Dallas is going to mean something. That's his time to prove that he's the guy and he's ready for this league. And so now I have to wait to the playoffs. Yeah, Absolutely. unfortunately that's how it works out. But to, to answer the starter, the sit, Jalen Hurts question, assuming he's 80% healthy, which I think he is, you, you got to play him. You got to lock up the number one seed. And Jake, I didn't really think about that, but to say that you're more confident in Gardner Minshew for three road games over Jalen Hurts, two. No, no, no. He's more confident in Minshew for three home games. Two, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, two, two home games. games. Yeah, I, With the bye week. And then, then I, Hurts. I said it. I said it wrong, but yeah. I, yeah, my fault. That's interesting. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. But I think the key thing, right, is if you do decide to play Hurts, you have to actually play him. I don't want to see, you know, play him the first half. You think about benching him or sitting him, you know, a fear of re-injury. Well, hold on, because in the same vein, if you're playing in the same vein, if you play him and you get out to a fucking 30 point lead in the first half, by all means, put him on the fucking bench for the rest of the game. If if you're up 30 going into the fourth, that's fine. But I don't want to see this like, oh, you're up 14 and it's like, oh, do we, you know, like, no, you got to make sure the game's fully secured before you play. It's got to be in hand for sure. Or else everything's in vain. Um, Going back to a little X's and O's and game plan. Obviously, we all want to see them run the ball uh, more. I'd also like to see them get Dallas Goddard a little bit more reacclimated into the passing game. Before he got injured, he was the number two guy behind A.J. Brown. Um, and then Devontae's obviously stepping up. He's played great the last six games. Don't get me wrong. But um, D- Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field and in the short areas of the field, his yak ability is just outstanding for a man his size. I'd really like to see them get him more involved in the pass game back to what he was before the injury. I was uh, I was going to bring that up um, at some point here tonight, and I'm glad that you did. I mean, Dallas Goddard is surely a top five tight end in this league. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the best pure tight end in the league outside Ooh. of George Kittle. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. As far as a guy that can block both in the run game and the pass game and is a route runner. As far as pure tight ends go, 
because Travis Kelsey, he's going to go down as one of the greats, but he's not a true tight end. He is a slot receiver that can occasionally come in off of the line. But how often do you really see Travis Kelsey in a, in a, in a stance, right? Um, for, for the most part, he's out there in the slot. Um, but a, as a guy that's a top five tight end in this league, you need to get him involved. And, and I know there's so many weapons. You have Sanders who's having a great year. You have a 1,000-yard receiver in – 2,000-yard receivers in Devontae and A.J. And obviously, A.J.'s lighting up the scoreboard with his touchdown numbers this year. But you have to get a guy like Dallas Goddard involved, hands down. Um, the only problem is you have a backup right tackle that they're going to be um, sliding – well, hopefully sliding protection to. And Dallas Goddard is going to be a huge part in the pass block game as well as run blocking game. Right. But you know what? This is a team that when, when we had – both Zach Ertz and um, and Dallas Goddard ran a ton of eleven personnel. I'm sorry, twelve personnel with two tight ends. And there's no reason that you can't do that again. If you want to yeah. slide some help, well, there is. You don't have Driscoll's way. Yeah, but you know what we it's saw? Well, with, one of the, with the greatest tight end in Eagles history on the other side. Well, of course Stoll's it is. But, but Stoll is a is an excellent blocking tight end. So if you want to run a two tight end formation and send some help Driscoll's way, you can certainly do that with Stoll on the right, Goddard on the left, or Goddard in a slot. And get rid of Quez Watkins off the field, Jake. You'd love that. Yeah. Or Parrish Campbell can come and block, too. That motherfucker will stick his hat on someone. Par- or Zach not Campbell, uh, fucking Pascal. One Zach of those Pascal. receivers that weren't that good. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Parrish Campbell's good. That's my guy. He's okay. He's also he's a pass good. rusher. What? No, he's not. Harris Campbell's a wide receiver on the Colts. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Calais Campbell. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I do, I do that shit all the time. Whoops. I've been talking about basketball guys and it's football, and I'm like – Too much like, bourbon, boys. Too about? much bourbon. But um, you guys got anything else on the Giants game before we move on uh, to the dog of the week? back to ask um, Kyle. You, you said that you don't know if you would agree that we have a better chance with Minshew – than Hurts winning three road games, then why yeah. would you risk Hurts getting re-injured in this final game if it doesn't matter? Wait, say that one more time for me. I'm a little if he's If he's 80%, 90% healthy, and there's a chance he re- re-injures his shoulder in this game trying to get the one seed, but you think if Minshew were to start and we were to drop to the fifth seed, we'd have a better chance of... John Hurts running the table through the road, no home games at all, three games, no bye week, then Minshew would with a bye week and two home games. Why wouldn't you sit Hurts then? No, no, no. And make sure he's ready to go for the playoffs. I said I wasn't there's sure. A chance, there's a chance that he plays this game and he re-injures that shoulder or makes it worse. So is it worth it? If you think that Hurts can still has a better chance of doing that than Minshew, because if you, if he goes out there, re-injures his shoulder, but we still get that one seed, you're saying you don't have faith in Minshew to win those two home games. So was that one seed really worth it, or would you rather have John Hurts fully healthy for the playoffs I, and try to win it with Minshew? I understand what you're saying. 
I think I have more confidence in Jalen Hurts on three road games. That being said, home field is such an advantage. I feel like you have to take that that chance. Um, take that chance. And yeah. so big what if is you're saying if Hurts gets injured. I mean, yeah. Obviously, that's a big if, but you can't dwell in the what ifs. I mean, if you yeah. do that, there's that, that's a long other road. And then you're constantly playing what if this, what if this, what if this. Yeah. Eventually, you just have to play the avenue that's in front of you. And like I said, I just think the potential of having a home field advantage at first round bye. Yeah, and I think the bye, yeah, I think the bye week is just as big as home field. Yeah. Even pretty damn going to road. Dallas was your only road loss of the year. So. Now I'm kind of on the same line of thought. Hold on, real quick, Sean. No matter how good you are on the road, playoffs are completely, completely different. Especially when you want to play Brady. When when the season's on the line, no matter the sport, playoffs are such a different atmosphere. And again, no matter how good you are in the on the road in the regular season, that that home field is so huge. Greatest regular season quarterback of all time, biggest choker in the playoffs. Matt Ryan. No. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Uh, I thought we were, we were talking about choking games. I thought we were talking about Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not the greatest regular season quarterback. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear you say that. That was my bad. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. So I'm kind of on the same train of thought as Kyle here, um, where I would trust Hurts a lot more three road games than I do Minshew, even at home, um, especially after the ineptitude that we've seen from this offense. But Kyle mentioned earlier, he, he had a number. Um, when he had mentioned starting or sitting hurts. And his number was 80% healthy. And I think that's the key there. And the other key would be if Hurts goes out there and re-injures the shoulder, is it a career-risking injury? Are you risking the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward? And being that it's not his throwing arm, I don't believe that you are. Yeah. And at that point, to me, the one seed takes precedent. Because I would obviously much rather have the playoffs come through Philadelphia. I would obviously much rather have the first round by. 100%. And I would take the risk too, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like, do we do it? And also, I guarantee you rewind six years ago now. Guarantee you we were all saying the same thing about Nick Foles because he looked like complete dog shit those yep. last two games of the year. We lost the Hall of Fame tackle and Jason Peters. And even in the divisional round against Atlanta, he didn't look great. He did not look good. So, I think so I honestly I don't think we win that Super Bowl if we have to play one more one more playoff game. If we don't have the bye that year, there's no shot. That's what I'm saying. We were saying this six years ago about Nick Foles. I mean, I'm not saying Minshew's Foles, but hey, maybe he's never been in the playoffs. Maybe he just rises to the occasion. You never know. Absolutely. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. I'd rather see Hurts lock up one seed in the first half Sunday and get ready for the playoffs. For sure. So I think we're all in agreement here on the Giants game. Um, we should walk away with it, but don't sleep on the Giants. Certainly give them a puncher's chance. These guys are in the NFL for a reason. Um, and obviously locking up the one seed is certainly a priority. You guys ready to throw it over to Dog a Week? Nope. All right.
right, guys. Dog of the Week brought to you by Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company right here in the heart of Lower Bucks County. Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. Check them out. Check out all their phenomenal brews. Also, Sterling Pig Brewing Company right out in the heart of Delco, right in media. Make sure you check out both brewing companies' tap rooms. Try them. Compare, contrast. Check them out. Some of the best brews in the area by far. Neshaminy Creek and Sterling Pig, the only two beer companies I trust when it comes to my holiday celebration and inebriation, Sterling Pig and Neshaminy Creek. All right, guys. So normally we break this up into two. We do a prediction um, for the game moving forward, and we look back on the week prior. I think we just uh, tie it all together, put a bow on this kitten together. Um, so I'm thinking uh, we'll throw it around. We'll do dog of the week. Um, I think like we did in the last loss, we'll do a good dog and a bad dog. And we'll also give our prediction for next week. Um, so Kyle, I'll start with you. Give me a good dog, bad dog, and your prediction for next week's dog. Uh, all right. So good dog of the week for me was Josiah Scott. Uh, not a lot of positivities. I know the D line, I think had what five sacks. It was. Kyle with the deep cut. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, his pick before the half, I think, was really a, a big momentum swing for the defense. That that was a great play. I think his responsibility on the play was the flat. He really got some depth on it and kind of baited the corner. I thought it was a great play. First career INT is always a big one. Um, so I think that deserves him for dog of the week. Um, and then if we're going to go bad dog of the week, I, I, I kind of want to pick the whole offensive line. But just a single him out i think jason kelsey in particular played pretty bad uh you know a guy that's been a big time player for a long time leader of the o-line i think he takes a lot of responsibility for that stuff so i'm gonna pick him for my bad dog of the week all right and who do you got who's your prediction for next week well we got a prediction for next week too i'm gonna go jalen hurts probably an easy pick but back in the lineup team's reeling Sean, he brings some of that leadership that you're always talking about to the table, and he gets the team yep. on the right track heading into the playoffs. All right. I like it. Jake, I'll throw it over to you. Same questions. Good dog, bad dog, and good dog next week. Bad dog, I'm not going to waste much breath. Bad dog, I'm not going to waste much breath on is Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. The game plan was absolute dog shit from start to finish. So that, that, that's that. Good dog is Hassan Reddick. The dog, guy, he's, a he's not getting his shine, and it's pissing me off. The whole media wants to jerk off Mika Parsons and say he's defense player of the year when Hassan Reddick has made plays every week, kept us in games, won us games. He has more sacks than Parsons with 16. He has five pass defense and five forced fumbles, which are both more than Mika Parsons. The guy's just an animal. Another two-sack game. So he's – the. The defensive ends are the only ones on the field that look like they, they run their motors 24-7 when they're on the field. Brandon Graham does it. Son Reddick, Sweat. Um, hopefully he comes back. We didn't touch on that. That's that's pretty big. So, um, yeah. it's a, All right. It's a, and who do you got? Who's your prediction for next week? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Giant Slayer. Little man, Boston Scott. Scott. I like it. I think, you know, I think they're going to look at it and say, okay, yeah, we're starting Hurts. They're going to think we're going to be 
throwing the ball and running hurts all the time. And then we're actually actually going to do what we should have did against the Saints and just fucking pound the ball with Sanders, Scott, a little bit of Kenny G sprinkled in there. But I think Boston Scott uh, bounces bounces a couple big runs and scores a touchdown, and he'll become the giant slayer again. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, so for me, bad dog of the week, I am in 100% agreement with Jake. It is Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. 100%. That game plan was terrible. You did not put your backup quarterback in a position to win. Um, 100%. That is on you. Bad dog of the week, Shane Steichen and Nick uh, Nick Sirianni. Good dog of the week. I got to shout out another defensive end. Hassan Reddick, I agree 100% with you, Jake. He should be in defensive player of the year conversations. He's blown out Micah Parsons in every statistical category this year. 100%, I agree with you. But for good dog of the week this week, I got to go with my main Super Bowl hero, the clutch gene himself, Brandon Graham. The man should have a key to the city by this point. And for him to have a two-sack game and to finally reach his career goal of having a double-digit sack season, um, this is a man that's – it's accomplished at this point, everything that he's ever dreamed of in this league. Um, obviously Super Bowl champion had the game winning play of Super Bowl 52 and now caps off what may be his last year in the NFL. We're not sure yet, but it's certainly the twilight years of Brandon Graham's career. Another With guy, his no lifetime goal of 10 sacks or more in a given season. He now has 11 sacks, Brandon Graham, is my dog of the week. And another guy who should be being spoke about for an award, Brandon Graham. Nobody's talking about him. He should be considered for comeback, comeback player, player of the year. year. You know that's going to go to He's got 11 player. sacks. He's not playing as many snaps as he has. And he's coming back from a tour in Achilles. It's, it's, I mean, look how long it took Chase Young to come back from it. Or yep. is that his name? A guy down in Washington. Washington, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, and, Young. and Brandon Graham is, what, 34 years old? And he's coming back. It looks like he's quicker and, and bigger than ever. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but you know that's going to an offensive player right there. The defensive guys didn't get no love. Not well, on that award, unfortunately. Not on any awards. Unfortunately, I think I think that's going to either Geno Smith or Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Or Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but Christian McCaffrey's just coming back from a an injury. I mean, Sa- Saquon's coming off of a down year, then an injury, yeah, and he's, he's gotten the Giants back into the playoff for the first time in God knows how fucking long. Yep, he's their whole offense. Yep. Um. So something to consider there. Um. And my prediction for Dog of the Week next week, I got to go Dallas Goddard. I think he's going to be an easy target for Jalen Hurts coming back off an injury. Um. You notice that. Goddard is a significantly larger part of the offense with Hurts at quarterback. Um, I think they're going to take advantage of him. I think the Giants are weak in the middle. Um, I think they're weak in the middle with their starters. I think they're definitely going to be weak in the middle with their backups. So I think you can expect to see Goddard on some pretty nice slant patterns as well as ripping them up the seam. Um, But I do like your idea, Jake, as, uh, uh, as well. 
Boston Scott, always been the giant killer, and I think they're going to uh, come out and run the ball heavy as well. But I do think Goddard's going to have a pretty big day. Um, I got Dallas Goddard for 75 yards and one red zone touchdown. I think it's going to be a pretty solid day for him as we lock up this one seed. Um, so I guess we got to throw a vote on it, boys. Who do we got? Good dog, bad dog of the week for last week. Well, we got so, two for the OC and head coach. So I, I'm good voting on uh, Shane Steichen and Sirianni for bad dog of the week. I do All want right. to say that, uh, Sean, no, nobody picks Shane Steichen more than you do for dog of the week, whether it's good or bad. I, I feel like you're running on six, seven times to share with him. Probably. Probably, yeah. But you know, it's a big time. It's a big time position. No, um, I, I got you. You know. Yeah. Very, very important to the success or failure of the team when you're setting up the game plans. You know, okay. especially when you're scripting those first 15, 20 plays, they're supposed to be your your golden set, right? Those are your best yeah. fucking plays. And you know, now for three weeks in a row, they ain't been that. You know, even the Dallas know. game, the offense put up some numbers, but they still struggled early. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and then as far as good dog of the week, my vote would probably go to uh, Hassan Reddick. Wow, you guys are looking past my man BG. Not not looking past it, but I, I think, no disrespect to Brandon Graham, I think some of his success is playing opposite Hassan Reddick. I think Hassan Reddick is the premier pass rusher in that uh, offense. And I think it's no uh, no coincidence that the guys opposite Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham's best years have come playing opposite him. No, and and, and I get that point, and I and I and I guess you do have a, a pretty solid one there. Um, the only thing that I'll say is you're seeing Brandon Graham late in his career become more of a pass rusher than we've ever expected. You know, for for majority of Brandon Graham's career, you've looked at him and you said, okay, he's a five to seven sack a year guy, but he's going to be a great run stopper. He's great at sealing the edge, right? And now in the twilight years of his career, coming off of an Achilles injury, has his career high in sacks, 11 sacks on the year. Um, and he's reached his, again, his career goal. He wanted a double-digit sack season before he retired. This is a man that once again has accomplished everything he's ever dreamed of in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you can't knock him for that. But, I mean, I think just Hassan Reddick's in the motor to this whole defensive line. All right. And I got a- no problem. I got no problem going with Reddick. I just figured I'd make my final stand on Graham, see if I could uh, flip one of you guys. No flipping here. Nope. All right. Hassan Reddick, good dog of the week, bad dog of the week. Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni for that horrendous offensive game plan last week. Uh, hopefully the boys can turn it around here moving forward. And real quick, we did forget to do our final score predictions, um, Eagles-Giants, so let's go ahead and throw them around real quick. Um, uh, final score predictions powered by our friends at Row 1. Use promo code OCSN15 for 15% off all artwork site-wide from our friends at Row One. Some great sports artwork over there at Row One. Again, promo code OCSN15, 15% off all artwork site-wide. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Score prediction, Eagles-Giants, Week 18. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy because I guess we're going to run the ball. 
he will handle the game. Um, Giants to get a late field goal or touchdown, and we win it by 11, 24 to 13. 24 13. All right. All right. Field goal heavy. Kyle, throw it over to you. Score prediction. I'm going to go 27 to 16. Um, I, I, I liked your score prediction there. Um, I think this is probably my worst segment. I pick this wrong every fucking week. Yeah. But, but I, I, I think the Eagles do win handily. I do think there are some field goals in this game, particularly by the Giants uh, not being able to finish the drive. So, All right. Uh, I got Eagles 31, Giants 18. What was it? 31-18? 31-18. Sizable victory. Still don't cover. Sizable victory. Don't cover. Um Jake, you, you, you alluded to it there. The spread on this game is absolutely crazy. Eagles favored by 14 and a half last time I saw it. That's what it started out as, and it stayed the same. I think it went to 13 and a half at one point. But that, that tells me it hurts his playing. If it was yeah. true, I think it drops to 10. Yeah, and like I don't know if you guys heard um, Sirianni's press conference earlier today. I, I think he's playing. Like I think I think it's most the rest. If I had to put a percentage on it, it is ninety six percent that hurts his playing. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, you guys ready to throw it over? Um, gambling segment, Kyle. If you got anything for us, yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right. Not so sharp. Parlays of the week brought to you by our friends at Fanatics. Fanatics, home of everything official. Guys, the holidays are over, but as every man knows, once Christmas is over is when we start shopping for ourselves. And what better gift to give yourself than something official from Fanatics, the home of everything official. Make sure you use our link down in the description. Let them know that Sundays for the Birds and Old City Sports Network sent you to, once again, Fanatics, the home of everything official. Uh, Righteous Felon Beef Jerky, the absolute best craft beef jerky money can buy made right here in Pennsylvania, out there in Westchester. That's our friends at Righteous Felon Beef Jerky. Join the Beef Jerky Cartel with our friends at Righteous Felon. Use promo code OCSN for 15% off your entire order of the absolute best jerky money can buy. And last but certainly not least, our friends at Norse Beards. That is Norse, N-O-R-S-E, beards.com. Promo code OCS gets you 25% off. Your entire order from our friends at Norse Beards. You can get the absolute best beard care on the market for 75 cents on the dollar with promo code OCS. All right, guys. Here we go. Kyle, not so sharp. Namesake of the segment. What do you got for us? What is your gambling advice for us this week? So I didn't realize we changed it to not so sharp parlays. I I had a couple single picks ready for you all. Give us the so, single picks. It's it's a gambling segment. That, that's my bad right there. You know, this is a big week. Make or break for the playoffs. And a couple of things I want to do is I want to target what I perceive to be good coaches. I think good coaches win big-time games. 
I got the Titans at plus six and a half. I'm a big Jaguars guy, but six and a half seems a lot. I know, you know, they're going to have, you know, possibly their third string quarterback starting, I believe, in Josh Dobbs. But Vrabel has just been the master of being in games that he doesn't belong in. Um, So six and a half is definitely too much for me for there. Um, The Steelers, minus two and a half. Mike Tomlin, another top five coach in the league. Um, Rebuilding year for him. You know, rookie quarterback threw him into the fire, struggled to start. And somehow they have a slim chance to make the playoffs, but still a chance nonetheless. And Mike Tomlin has a shot at another winning season. I believe that's 16 to start his year. Absolutely phenomenal. That's another game I'll be targeting. Yeah, he hasn't had a losing season yet. He has never been below 500. As yeah, a, as yeah that, that's coach. absolutely phenomenal. And uh, also college football, the championship's going to be Monday night. I think TCU's magic ends. I think Georgia covers 12 and a half points. I think they're going to roll them. Uh, it's three games I'm targeting over the next couple days. All right. I like that. Mixing in a little college ball as well. That's, that's year, perfect. Baby. Absolutely. Um, so I hate to say it, but I, I only had one pick, and and, it, and it's unfortunately going to echo one of yours, Kyle, um, because, it, it again, it's, it's week 18. It's kind of a shit show. Um, who's starting, who's sitting, all that. Um, but you mentioned Mike Tomlin there, and – you know, when it comes down to it, games on the line, I trust Mike Tomlin a hell of a lot more than I do that bum in Cleveland. Um, him and his happy ending seeking quarterback. Plain and simple, I just trust Mike Tomlin no matter who's at quarterback. Um, I think they cover the spread hands down. Um, that is my one pick of the week, but if I did have to throw another one out there, um, I got to go with the Eagles-Giants game. Again, I don't think we cover. It's just way too many points. So, Eagles win, Giants cover, um, throw some money on the Giants spread. Um, and obviously, if that's wrong, that's even better for us. That is a uh, win-win. Uh, win if you win and uh, win if you lose the bet, but still win the game. So, uh, Jake, throw it over to you here. Not so sharp picks of the week. I put a party together, and I'll start with just echoing both of you guys. Uh, Pittsburgh, um, they're on quite a roll. Playing really solid football. Not only is Mike Tomlin a hell of a coach, but TJ Watt is, I would say, top three, top five NFL player in the league. Yep, talk about it. 100%. Right I said it last year, and, and believe me, you can ask any of my buddies. I hate the Steelers just as much as I hate any, any other team besides the Cowboys. Last year, I was going to say TJ Watt should be MVP. Look at, the, I mean, we talked about our record with, with and without Lane Johnson. Look at their record with and without. TJ Watt. He changes that defense. That defense is playing uh, with their heads on fire. Tomlin's got them fired up. You know, the um, pickup's going up right in front of us. Um, I think it's a little set up by the NFL, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> I, I woke up in the middle of that game the other night, and it was the final drive by Steelers. First thing I see is Ravens haven't given up an offensive touchdown in 15 quarters. So up, Always jinx that shit, touchdown, And Pickett made a hell of a throw. So, yeah, I have the scores over the Browns, Jaguars over the Titans. I just think Jaguars got to win, so they're going to come out harder. And Money line or spread? Money line. Okay. Yeah. I always do money line. I hate doing spreads. It, it never works for me. And I got the Jets uh, playing spoiler over the Dolphins. With their Dolphins quarterback situation, Jets still have a solid defense. And then uh, Packers over the Lions. Aaron Rodgers. Getting into the playoffs, unfortunately. 
And that defense is playing pretty damn solid too. All right. What's that payout? It was a plus plus seven oh three. Seven oh three. All right. Good odds. Ten bucks wins you seventy dollars thirty cents. Yes, sir. All right. Solid, solid, solid. All right, boys, that's all we got for you on gambling picks this week. Um, we'll throw it over to final thoughts, and we'll put a bow on this kitten here and get ready for some football action this weekend. Uh, final thoughts, Kyle, your favorite segment. We'll start with you. Yeah, this is a big-time week. Um, big-time week, you know, big-time players got to show up. And the Eagles season's really kind of gone the opposite of what I thought, so that's a good thing. I thought they were going to start extremely slow. And then uh, finish strong. You know, they started extremely fast. They played, you know, great ball for the first 12 weeks. Uh, still not playing bad, but definitely reeling a little bit. But got to get right before the postseason. Postseason is what matters. Everybody forgets really quickly what you did all regular season when you uh, lay a complete egg in the postseason. So at least got to be competitive and put up a hell of a game. Give the fans something to root for, unlike last year. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Jake, throw it over to you. Final thoughts. Uh, final thought is, I mean, I think it's been a thought of everyone this week. Uh, one of the, I've played football my whole life since I was five, six years old. And uh, what happened to Demar Hamlin is the first time I've ever seen anything happen like that on a football field. Yep. And I'm sure some untelevised football, backyard football. You know, you hear of some teenagers, college kids dying in heat strokes and stuff down south during practice, but it's the first time anyone's ever seen it live, and how scary it is. But my, my final thought is, well, first, you know, I'm happy. He seems like he's doing away. I, I thought even if he woke up, he'd have serious brain injuries. But they say he's already speaking and writing. So that's that's a beautiful sign. But my, my final, final thought is I hope this doesn't scare people from putting their kids and stuff in football because you already got concussions. This is a one in a billion you know, medical emergency. He could have had something going on before the game, and that one hit just is what triggered it. And I really hope it doesn't take away from the game. You know, there's already people calling, oh, the NFL needs to do something to be safer. It's like it was a routine play. There was nothing you could do to avoid it. So just my final thought is, we had DeMar Hammond's all right, and I hope that uh, this doesn't deter people from letting their kids play the greatest sport in the world. So I'm going to echo what Jake said right there. Um, I really hope that this does not scare people away from football. And obviously what happened to DeMar Hamlin is a tragedy. Um, fortunately, it looks like he's going to overcome it. Um, whether he ever plays football again or not, um, he's going to overcome this. And I think whatever he does next in his life will be great. Um, but I really, again, like Jake said, I hope this does not scare um, parents away from allowing their kids to play this great game. Um, again, I, like Jake, I, I played football for a large part of my life. Um, unfortunately, concussions ended my football career. Um, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, football teaches you a lot of things. Uh, it teaches you accountability. It teaches you you know, how to trust other people, how to be there for somebody else, um, how to be you know, held accountable. The team is counting on you at all times. It teaches you so many things, and and you hear so many people talk about, you know, what a football locker room does. It gives you different perspectives on life, and we talk about, 
you know, a lot nowadays about diversity and inclusion and things like that. And there is no greater example than a football locker room. You get so many different people from different backgrounds, different um, economic situations, different political views, and they all come together for that common goal to win a football game. It is 52 guys pulling on a rope in the same direction to win a game. And there is no more uniting force in this country than football. And if you disagree with me, you can look at the numbers for the Super Bowl every year. Everybody comes together to watch football. Everybody comes together to play football. It is a uniting thing in this country. And honestly, in the world, the NFL at this point is a worldwide uh, phenomenon. So I would like to echo what Jake said there. I really hope this does not scare parents and kids away from playing this wonderful game that we all love so much. Um, beyond that, there's really not much else to be said other than we need to lock this one seed down. And I can't thank everybody enough for what has been a phenomenal regular season of Eagles football, um, what has been an awesome regular season here of the first season of this podcast, Sundays for the Birds, proud production of Old City Sports Network. We literally could not do this without you guys, everybody that's held on with us from week one, from the preseason, all the way through now as we continue on and hope to press towards our end goal, the Super Bowl. Um, we literally could not do this without you guys, our awesome listeners, our amazing sponsors. Make sure you guys check out all of our awesome sponsors. Utilize our promo codes. Save yourself some money. Get some awesome product. And beyond anything else, guys, I again, I cannot thank you enough. Everybody rocking with us live here tonight, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube Live, everybody that's going to check this out on the audio side, we literally could not do this show without you. You guys are the grease in the gears of this show. We thank you so much, and we are ready to rock for the fucking playoffs, baby. We will catch you guys right back here, 7 o'clock next Thursday, right here on the Old City Sports Network, Sundays for the birds. See you guys next week. Go Birds!